0: Hello! Before we get started, just a quick ask. If you are enjoying this podcast, please go over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Subscribe. If you're on Spotify, if you could follow, or if you're just out on Twitter or in the street, just tell a friend. Tell someone you know that you think would like it. It'll just really help other people be able to find the podcast. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Their Soulmates, the Ted Lasso podcast. My name is Tori.
1: And I'm Kevin.
0: We are your after show after show. We're here to take a deep dive into the characters of Ted Lasso and Rebecca Welton, how they're connected, why I think they're soulmates. And I think that possibly Ted might hear some of that jazz scatting coming from the shower someday. Hmm. I think he would like that.
1: We'll just hope it's not... uh not Higgins. Higgins in the shower.
0: <laughs> yeah I should have clarified right I meant coming out of he Rebecca. he seemed to
1: be the one enjoying the scatting the most.
0: He, that's well he was joining in on the he scatting. He
1: started it didn't he?
0: Yes because he didn't want to get them in trouble. Right. So this episode is called Headspace. It was released on September 3rd 2021. It's written by Phoebe Walsh who you probably already know also plays Jane uh, Beard's Nutty Girlfriend, Tipsy Reese Witherspoon, hmm. and was directed by Matt Lipsey. So, oh, wait, did you have, do you, is that the other podcast or do you read something here? No, you normally don't no, read anything here.
1: No, I just sit here. Okay,
0: sorry. <laughs> so, now this episode heavily deals with Roy and Keely's relationship, but because there probably is another podcast that already deals with their characters... We're going to kind of just lightly go over that stuff and really mainly focus on what's happening with Ted and Rebecca in this episode. So for the summary, I put that Ted begrudgingly starts therapy and Rebecca starts having second thoughts about her mystery banter man. Mm -hmm. The weird thing about this episode is now we know who the banter man is, but she still doesn't.
1: Right. We We learned that from the last one.
0: Yes. So now we spend this whole episode knowing that it's them talking to each other without them knowing it. So I have to say, though, when this episode first opens, I feel like I didn't do something at the beginning, but I think I did. I recently re the movie Groundhog Day on mm-hmm. Groundhog Day, because the actual holiday I don't understand at all. But I saw a promo for it, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that again. So I did, and it's adorable. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, you forget how good that movie is.
0: Yes. But I think I realize now that the beginning of this episode is another homage to a romantic comedy called groundhog day yes because when the alarm goes off it's playing i've got you babe and that is the song that's playing every single morning when bill murray's character wakes up so i think they're kind of just going for the idea that like it's the same. they've been doing the same thing every day every day yeah keely wakes up roy's there keely makes breakfast roy's there keely gets in the car roy's Roy's there there. (laughs) keely can't get rid of roy no matter what she does so, I thought that was cute. I didn't catch that the first time. And then also, I've got you, Babe, works because Roy's there.
1: Yep. That being the Sonny and Cher classic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sounded like a radio DJ there.
0: Coming to you live.
1: Yeah, exactly. I got you, Babe.
0: <laughs> now, we're going to start off with Ted's first scene, which is him going to. So, when we left off in the last episode, he'd had his panic attack at the game. Took his backpack and went and That's laid it. in the fetal position on Sharon's couch until she found him. So we're to assume that he set up an appointment and the appointment was for today. So he comes in and he's like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't really know if we needed to do this. And she's like, go ahead and have a seat. And then the secondhand embarrassment I get from just watching the next like two and a half minutes is so bad. Because it's just... I know. him. <laughs> he's so uncomfortable and it's like you're embarrassed for him and he's trying to find all these different positions on the couch and again what is it with tv and laying down on the couch for therapy sessions and obviously she doesn't want him to lay down there but i feel like that's such a tv trope with the couch and i
1: think it's you know get relaxed we're gonna talk also i think there's something about therapy and not necessarily making eye contact while you're talking. Oh,
0: yeah, that is a good point.
1: I think. I don't know. I've I've never gone to a therapist. Probably should (laughs) have.
0: I have gone to a therapist, but I have always just sat in a chair facing them. But I kind of, I can see that because...
1: You're not looking at them. You can maybe talk.
0: Yeah, and I was listening to a podcast recently. It's Glennon Doyle's podcast, and they were talking about um, her wife, Abby, has like been mixing seeing friends with another activity that she enjoys. So one of the things they've been doing is walking a lot. And she's like, it's oh. great because when you're walking with a friend, you can talk really freely and you're not making eye contact. And she said, you know, sometimes she feels freer to be able to talk with, because she's not looking directly at a person.
1: Right. So
0: I, I totally get that. But uh, yeah. And then he makes a reference to the New Yorker cartoons. Cause I feel like that's always been like a big thing in the Sunday cartoons when we were kids Anytime there was therapy shown in that, it would be somebody laying on the couch. Oh, yeah. So he's like, okay. So now he is completely laying on his back on the couch with a pillow under his knees. And he's like, okay, how's this? And Sharon's like, how about you just have a seat? (laughs) So he gets up and sits down. And then he's like, okay, so when do we get started? And she's like, we have started when you walked in the door. (laughs) He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I feel like I've been wasting a lot of our time here. So he's still like very uncomfortable. He's making some Sopranos jokes like, oh, now that we're sitting across from each other, it's very Sopranos-esque, but without all the uh, gratuitous violence. Which is a good thing. Yes. That's what he says. (laughs) But without as much spaghetti and clams, which is a bad thing.
2: (laughs) That's so funny.
0: (laughs) Then he's playing with one. I don't know what those things are called, but you've seen them on desks ever since you were a child. But it's this little bird that like kind of nods his head. And he's still very uncomfortable. So he's finally like, Okay, what do you know, what should we do here? And she says, Why don't you just start by telling me what happened the other night? Ted says, Yeah, I don't think I want to do this. And he gets up and bolts after all that.
1: I know. He just panics and <laughs> <Yeah>. leaves. <laughs> um, the little bird yeah. that he keeps playing with is the original drinking bird. Oh. I, I mean, it they looks like can buy on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, I think a stupid Amazon purchase right. is going to be happening yes, after the show.
0: Yes, now we, I'm going to need one of those for my desk.
1: I mean, it's 44% off, 1995. It's 1119. <laughs> it is. The original <laughs> drinking bird on Amazon right now.
0: <laughs> Again, you sound like a radio DJ. Yeah. So it's so uncomfortable to see Ted in that way. Because we're used to like happy-go-lucky Ted, and he's all right. just like... Nervous, uncomfortable Ted, and he you would think that someone who is as emotionally intelligent as he seems to be, that he wouldn't have such an issue
1: mm. with therapy. Yeah, but it has to do with himself. He's getting nervous that he's gonna have to open up, and I think that's a defense. Yeah, I think you're right? absolutely
0: right. Yeah, like he he uses his positivity in a way as a shield. Like a lot of people use humor as a shield and other certain ways to close themselves off and I feel like for him he's just tries to be super positive and optimistic and wants to be the person helping other ones other people and is Mm. not at all comfortable with getting help himself. Upstairs in Rebecca's office she's hoovering biscuits into her mouth while (laughs) attempting to write back to the person on banter. So at the end of the last episode we saw Sam suggest that they should meet and Sam has now been watching three dots appear and disappear for two days because Rebecca doesn't know what to say. So she's in her office with Keely and Higgins. And Keely is like, "Will you just stop it already and just write something to him. And she's like, I don't know what I'm what I should say. And Higgins tells her, why don't you tell him the truth, which is that you have built him up in your head. So you think that he's never going to be able to live up to it. So instead, you're just going to keep yourself from possibly finding your one true love.
1: Wow. He really laid it down. <laughs> he did. Did not hesitate.
0: <laughs> and the, the look on Rebecca's face. She's just first of all, she doesn't acknowledge what he said at all. Instead right. she turns right. to Keeley and says, His his favorite food fu- film is Ratatouille. That's worrying, right? <laughs> and I think I figured it out that so because we know it's Sam, that Ratatouille came out when Sam was seven.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So it's when insane. you th- when you think of that in that perspective it is a bit bizarre but she doesn't know that. But again we already know that it's not Ted. But Ratatouille also seems like it could have been a Ted answer. So it's it is funny to me how like similar they kind of have Ted and Sam in this situation since mm-hmm. the original fake out was that it could have been Ted. So Rebecca's like I know what's going to happen. It's the same thing that happens in all relationships is going to happen. It's going to go to shit because everything goes to shit. And Higgins is like, well, my relationship is the oxygen that gives me life. <laughs> You're not helping Higgins. No. She's like, it, yes.
1: Not with any of his comments. <laughs> no. He's saying all things that she does not want to hear.
0: I know, but she he is saying things that she needs to hear. True. Even though she doesn't want to hear them. And she's like, okay, except for Higgins and his wife, who are a greeting card, and you and Roy, who are annoyingly adorable. And Keeley's like, oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. But Rebecca can tell that there's a little something beneath that. So Keeley admits, you know, it was a lot easier when we didn't work together, because now we're just around each other all the time. And I feel like, I mean, I I hope that they're not going to I know this isn't a Keely and Roy podcast, but I hope that they're not going to go too far with this. Like this episode kind of felt like maybe they worked it out, but then I think things come back up later on. Hmm. So I really, it does make me a little nervous for like the future of Roy and Keely's relationship. But I do think that like a lot of couples go through that at the beginning where you're trying to find that balance of like wanting yeah. to be with oh, the person. Yeah. of course but then wanting to still be alone enough. So I'm hoping that they will allow them to work that out. Higgins sees that Roy is coming up the stairs and they're in the middle of all talking about how Roy's a bit cl- too clingy. So he starts jazz scatting and then Rebecca gets in on it, <laughs> <laughs> which again, I feel they're just like, okay, we gotta get Hannah washes She isn't saying anything in like three episodes. So let's, let's get her jazz scatting here a little <laughs> jazz bit. Jazz scatting. <laughs> and he comes in, he's like, you all talking about me, and they're trying to play it off. But Keely's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, big whoop," but he doesn't really know what they're talking about, so he's gonna act like he doesn't care. So <laughs> Keely leaves, and then the two of them start, start jess
2: jazz-
0: <laughs> just. <kidding> again.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know if we're supposed to think that this is a full week later, but I don't think so. I'm thinking this no, is the I, next I day. No, I think
1: he's trying daily.
0: Yeah, to come in every morning. Right? That's what I was thinking
1: too. Yeah, I think so too.
0: So. When we got nervous, Ted, now we get defensive and angry, Ted. He walks right in there that morning and he sits down. She's like, oh, I wasn't really sure that you would be back.
1: You know, what's really funny about this scene is they when they cut to her, there's a jazz um, poster on the wall.
0: Oh, you're right. Which is funny yeah, they're Just, jazz just scatting. scatting. Yeah. You know, it's like, I feel like they, everything on that show is intentional. So they probably did that on purpose. But well, and also this is Higgins' office. So that really oh, makes, that sense makes sense. because they're
1: his posters. Yes, so it's his stuff. pictures.
0: So Ted comes in. He's, she's like, I didn't expect you to be back. He's like, well, I don't quit things. And he's just kind of a dick here in this whole scene, which again is really uncomfortable to take in from the Ted that we've gotten to know over the past season and a half. And the thing too, that I wonder is like, I remember in the first season when Michelle wanted to divorce him, it was kind of like, wow, like why does she not want to be with this like super great guy? Right. But now I think we're seeing a little... Not that Ted isn't a great guy, but we're seeing probably a little bit more of the the Ted that Michelle had to deal with.
1: Yeah, the one that couldn't really express his feelings right. correctly or discuss his past or whatever. You yeah. Know? yeah. Where
0: like she... I guess she described him at some point as being too much. Mm. His positivity was too much. And I think maybe it was because like she knew that he wasn't dealing with things that needed to be dealt with and instead was just... Trying to put on, yeah, overcompensating, yeah. So she's, he sits down, she's like, I get the feeling that you don't really like this kind of (laughs) work. And he explains that, you know, he's been to therapy one other time, and it's when he and his wife did couples therapy. And she's like, okay, well, how did that go? And he's like, well, she now, I live here and she lives there, and she'd be pretty mad if she realized I was still calling her my wife. So again, true. yeah, he's just, he's angry. And then he's like, how long do these sessions usually last? And she said 50 minutes. And he's like, yeah, but you charge by the hour, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, he just kind of has a look on her, his face. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, it's bullshit. He's like, you're charging... An hour's worth of work, an hour for 50 minutes worth the work. And he's mm. like, and you don't care about me. Like, why am I going to sit here and tell you all of my dark secrets? You don't know me. We don't have a history. Like, there's you don't care at all. You're just doing this because you're getting paid. And she was really offended by that. But she just sits there calmly because she's badass, Dr. Sharon. Yeah. And he just escalates. Like, he gets angrier and angrier until he just gets up and walks out. So that's Ted's second try. Yeah. (laughs) Day two, not going well. About
1: as good as the first.
0: Now, Sam and Rebecca bump into each other in the hallway downstairs.
1: As they were looking at banter. Yes, they were both
0: looking at their messages. Well, I don't know if they show what Sam was looking at, but probably. So they're both looking at their phones. They slam into each other. And then Sam says, these machines, we've never been more connected yet further apart. And then he's like, you, were you going to say that? And she's like, yes, I was. Yeah, right. I know. It's an awkward scene. It is. This whole like, and I don't know if this is supposed to give us a sense of like, like they're connecting, we're to believe that they're connecting heavily on this app. But when they see each other in person, it's still, right. it's a, right. It's a very different dynamic where they're just kind of like, oh, you know, he's still calling her Mrs. Welton and she's just like, you know, being sweet to him, but she has no intentions here. So it is a funny parallel to see them in this instance, knowing that they're connecting on banter about Ratatouille or whatever. Ratatouille. (laughs) Like how, so how old were you when your favorite movie came out? Just wondering, just a question. Ted's walking down the hallway when he smells something Why is there soundproofing on the hallway walls?
1: Um, that's a good question.
0: It's like an audio booth, but I don't know why it would be on the.
1: I don't know. Maybe it gets loud. They (laughs) yell and scream.
0: (laughs) Trying to keep keep the sound out of the boot room. I
1: guess, yeah.
0: So he opens the boot room door and sees Keely in there, and she's sitting in the corner smoking a cigarette and tapping ashes into one of the boots.
1: It's just funny. Yeah.
0: Now. I'm guessing this is supposed to be the same boot room that Keeley and Rebecca had their kind of fight in in season one.
1: Yeah, I would imagine.
0: But it looks completely different. Unless it just looks a lot different because it's not sunny out. Like there's no sun coming through those windows. Yeah,
1: and they may have redone it a little bit. Yeah, or they
0: just completely redid the set. So he's like, hey, I thought I smelled something. Like, what are you? I thought you quit. And she's like, oh, I, I did. I'm just in here masking the smell of the shoes or the boots. And he's like, okay. And he's like, well, what are you doing in here? And she said that she needed some space. So then Rebecca opens the door, and she's with Higgins, and she's like, oh, I knew you would be in here. And she kind of walks in, sits down next to Keely, and says, this is the room where Keely and I decided that smoking doesn't count.
1: Mm.
0: Were you gonna say something? Well, I was gonna say the yeah. funny
1: thing about this scene. Um, it it reminds me, and I know it. They're not like paying homage to it or anything but it reminds me it's very seinfeld-esque in the fact that somehow they always all find each other no yeah. matter where they're at <laughs> yeah. like there's even a scene where elaine pretends to live in a janitor's closet to try to get chinese food because her house was banned or her apartment was banned <laughs> right right and for some reason they all find her in there and then they're all in the the, the jan- janitor's <laughs> closet talking and it's just funny and there's even at a point where Jerry is like, "How did you know I was here?" Right. And other, <laughs> so but like this scenes like that, everybody just shows up in the right. boot room for some reason.
0: Yep, and and everybody does. Like it's not just them, but it ends up being Will and Jamie. So the other thing about this here now is that this is the first scene together that Ted and Rebecca have had. And
1: oh yeah, that's a good point.
0: This is after the voicemail so he had the panic attack she left him a voicemail and they there's never any resolution of that they were i don't know if we're supposed to ex- believe that like he answered it off screen or if we're supposed to believe that he ignored he probably it ignored completely. it
1: because he doesn't want to show his feelings or whatever and she probably left well enough alone right yeah seeing he's fine you know what I mean? Yeah, like, she like she can just, only do so much to reach out before it's like prying or yeah, I don't know.
0: Right. Maybe it seemed awkward. So yeah, I think she's, she didn't bring it up again probably and he didn't bring it up. So I'm curious to see if that's ever going to be brought up again as like a tension point or right. if it's just, we're supposed to assume that it was dealt with and everyone's fine. So they are um, all talking in here and... Ted asks, Keeley, what do you need space from? And she says, Roy, he's in my office reading the Da Vinci Code, and he won't go away. <laughs> I also <laughs> love that Higgins pulls a pipe out of somewhere. He's
1: like, we're smoking, I guess. And he pulls a pipe out <laughs> that he just has on hand. Yeah.
0: Just in his pocket. Yeah, so funny. Mysterious Higgins. And then the door opens, and it's Will. And he's like, oh, I just came... To-. I like how he looks at the door, too, to make sure that he came into the right room. Right. It's like, oh, just... Come into the boot room for some boots. And he's coughing a little bit because they're all smoking. This right. is basically his office. <laughs> <know>. Poor guy.
1: <laughs> I know. What's he going to do about it? The lady who owns the place is Right, in there is sitting
0: there, yeah. And I like how Nothing Rebecca about it. hands Keeley her cigarette as if she can't be seen smoking in front of Will.
1: And it's already too late.
0: Right. Cause he's already there's...
1: walked in and he saw her do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he just kind of comes in and he's trying to do his work around them. And he's like putting... <laughs> And taking shoes out and putting them right behind where Rebecca's head is. And she just kind of like looks over at him like she's annoyed. But you're in his space here. Rebecca says to Keely, will you stop complaining about Roy and actually say something to him since he's the person that can actually fix this problem? Hmm. And then Ted's like, well, you know, sometimes bottling up something is good. And he says, that's how we get pickles. Mm -hmm. so maybe that's a bit of a clue too as to why if he didn't respond to her that's why because this is his mindset at the moment and then will chimes in with an extra virgin olive oil and higgins says and messages Mm -hmm. and it's almost like what yeah rebecca almost has the running charades look Mm -hmm. on her face yeah but he's like messages and bottles and then Jamie comes in and he says, can you take me name off my kit and then put it back on, but bigger. I mean... It's the most Jamie thing ever to say as you're walking oh, in. And he's like, what are you all doing in here? And they say, talking about Roy. And oh yeah, Will says it. And he says, grumpy old twat. And I like how Ted's like, I agree with the grumpy part, but not the other two. Mm-hmm. And now Keely's mad because... You know, she can talk shit about Roy, but she doesn't want anyone else talking shit about him. So she stands up and she's like, he is not grumpy. He is perfect. And I should know because I spend every minute of my life with him. And then Roy comes in and he's like, are you talking about me? And they all say yes. They don't even try to not to try to lie about it this time. And he he still he doesn't care. So Keely leaves And we'll find some more uh, cigarette Cigarette butts in the shoes.
1: (laughs) I got to say, Ted's rocking some awesome uh, Air Jordans in the scene.
0: Yes, those are the Christmas ones, I think. The same ones. Yeah, those are nice. It's like smoke gray and white with the red. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, those are probably $2,400 by now. I know. Whatever. And it would never be available still in your size. Now it's the third day and Ted's back. Now we have like sheepish Ted. I think he kind of feels bad. Yeah. And she says, oh, I didn't, I knew you would be back. And he's like, really? Why? And she said, because you said that you never quit. That's right. Yep. So he comes in and sits down again. And she says, listen, I need to be honest with you about something. Wait, sorry. I forgot that when she asked that, Ted says, I got a boogie mustache.
1: I know. It's so funny. <laughs> you notice when he sits down, the bird is already going to town right oh or really or did i just look at that
0: no i think he hits it on the way down
1: oh he does oh okay i
0: our tv's it. having problems so now i'm nervous to rewind it oh i see so she says you really offended me yesterday by what you said about my profession and she makes a good point to him she says do you would you coach for free and he says yes and she says but do, do you, you coach for free and he says i do not And she's like, but that doesn't mean that you don't care about your players. And that's one thing that Ted, that's the whole reason why he's a coach is because he does care about his players. And that's the whole reason why he coaches. It has nothing really even to do with the sports game. (laughs) I feel like he's just, this is his way of like helping mold lives in a certain way. And so he's like he realizes, she's like, why would it be any different for me? Like, yes, I do get paid to do this, but it doesn't mean that I don't care. And she's like, I don't assume that all coaches are macho dickheads. And he's like, okay, he got me there.
1: <laughs> Consider me dunked on. Yeah. I love that line.
0: So he apologizes. And, you know, he, she tells him, I think the, the reason is, is that you're scared. And he is like, really. And she's like, you know, fight or flight is just a natural response, but you managed to do both really well. So good range. And then she tells him like, I can't help you. I can't be your mentor without sometimes being your tormentor. And she lets him know that, you know, once he can get to the truth, it's going to set him free, but it's really going to piss him off on the way there. Hmm. So these are all things that Ted doesn't want to hear either as much as Higgins uh, Rebecca doesn't want to hear what Higgins has to say but these are things that he needs to hear because if he doesn't do this you know I think he's he's already having massive panic attacks he's drinking too much he's not paying attention to what's going on at work at all which we saw in this episode which with the side storyline of Nate being really cruel to Colin and Beard noticing it and then Ted not having any idea of what's going on the whole time and he's kind of had his head in the sand pretty much this whole season. Same with Rebecca. Like we haven't really, like I don't really know what Rebecca does as the owner of a football club, but we don't really see her do much work. Yeah,
1: she doesn't really have to. It's got people there to do it all for. Her.
0: I guess so. Mostly she just sits on the couch and eats biscuits and plays on banter.
1: Um, you know what's interesting? Uh, side note about the these therapy sessions is. He mentions Tony's he mentions Sopranos and Tony Soprano. Oh yeah yeah. And actually if you remember in on the Sopranos which is a long time ago and we watched it. Mm. Tony used to storm out of his sessions. Yeah. without resolution. He used to get pissed off yep, and leave. Yeah, yep, yeah. Anytime, a lot of times or a lot of I think episodes yeah. where he did that. He just leaves. So it's interesting that he would mention it and then it actually happens.
0: Yes, that and especially in that second moment because that is when he is like his most angry so it is very tony soprano-esque True. yeah not at all wanting to deal with his feelings we see ted at the crown and anchor later that evening having a little sad meal for one <laughs> hey. and it looks like some sort of shepherd's pie or some sort of pie meal with a little salad very uk dinner so oh, yeah may brings him another beer and as he's sitting there eating trent Crim the independent Mm -hmm. is leaving now look at the guy that he's with he has like a little jumper on sweater with the collar sticking Mm -hmm. out and a mustache so there is another subset of shippers who really want ted and trent to get together and i think this added fuel to it when ted i mean trent is leaving the bar with a guy who looks kind of like ted lasso
1: oh yeah i see
0: i mean honestly they have never said If what Trent's sexuality is, we know that he has a kid, but we don't know if he's married to a man or a woman. Or non-binary, or we have no idea. And there's never been any indication that Ted is anything other than straight. But I think it's a cute ship. If I didn't have... If I wasn't already invested in Ted and Rebecca, I think my second ships would be Trent and Ted and Rebecca and Keely. (laughs) No one else. Yeah, there you go. So Trent says to his... Friend, boyfriend, husband, we don't know. Um, Hang on a minute, because he notices Ted at the bar. He's like, I'll be right out. Trent goes up to Ted and says, of all the pub joints. That's a line from something. Yeah,
1: it's from Casablanca. It's uh, Casablanca, Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, whatever. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) It's where um, Humphrey Bogart says it. He he says, of all the gin joints in all the towns in the world, she walks into mine.
0: Right, okay. So I guess that could be another reason why people ship trent and ted because that kind of seems a little
1: yeah that's true a
0: little bit of a come on there okay and he's like saying how are you doing or whatever and then he asks him can i get a statement about what happened at the last match right and ted's like oh well i thought everybody already knew that i had food poisoning and may like does a little Because she doesn't want anyone to think that she he got food poisoning there. Right. Apparently... He is eating. Lonely man eats his dinner there every night. And he's yes. like, not from here. And he's like, okay, so that's your statement is that you had food poisoning. And he's like, sure. And that is the end of that. But that's some good foreshadowing right there. Like, I think you knew as soon as we saw Trent approach Ted in this bar about the article, that something was coming back about that panic attack and an article.
1: Right. I mean, it just makes you realize that trent is on the case yes. on the story <laughs> yes as it comes back
0: but it made me a little nervous that he was going to end up being the bad guy and i'm glad that he wasn't
1: because it makes you think and i'm spoiling ahead but it doesn't it's matter fine. um it makes you realize that you know he was asking about that and he obviously eventually asks nate
0: um i don't know i think nate approaches him
1: oh okay i thought maybe he would have asked him in, in just the way in nate fashion he would
0: Possibly, but I kind of feel like Nate went to him with the story so he would publish it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, I feel like
0: if he, he would have dropped it or left it at that if Nate hadn't approached him. That's true. I think they're setting Trent up for a larger storyline next season.
1: Yeah. uh, Ted's probably going to bring him on as a coach (laughs) like he does everybody else. There There's a, gonna
0: be seven coaches. Well, well, they now do now have Nate's to replace gone. Nate now, yeah. yeah. See, there it is. <laughs> I want Trent to like write Trent's gonna be a coach. Or write some book about how they won it all or something. So I guess we should just wrap up quickly with the other storyline in here because it was like the main part of this episode. But Roy and Keeley have been struggling. Roy finally finds out that Keely is actually talking about the fact that he's way too clingy and gets pissed off and leaves. And then Jamie, of all people, is the one who makes Roy realize that he needs to let Keely have some space sometimes and not always be all up in her business. So he actually does something super sweet and he makes this beautiful bath display with rose petals and Phoebe's little lights. (laughs) <laughs> little uh ceiling light that's right makes a playlist calls roy sorry for not understanding keely playlist which they actually put on apple playlists and then leaves her to have a bath to herself for three hours very sweet yeah and then nate who we saw be mean to colin earlier in the episode get reprimanded by beard and then apologize to colin has now decided to take most of his anger out on will because Nate's the type of guy that just like he's got a little bit of juice now, mm-hmm. and he's like, all right, well, if I can't take it out on Colin and the team, then I'm gonna have to go to the next lowest person.
1: Yeah, well, and, that, and that's what he used to be too. Exactly. So, and I, I mean, I, he's got family problems, so he probably, probably got it from his dad. Yeah, you know.
0: This is this whole season is very much. Father and son Problems. parallels, yeah. So we're gonna learn more about Ted's father. We're gonna see a return of Jamie's father. We've seen that's right Nate and his father's interaction. There's even kind of a Nate and Ted father son sort of um, comparison sure. that we'll see. And then obviously Rebecca and her father. So it is, re- and then Sam and his father too. We've seen how close of a bond they have and how like his dad's like i feel good that you're there with ted because he seems like a good father figure so yeah this whole season is very much father and sons or father and daughter all right so that is it for this so let's go over what we learned my number one for ted is that we learned he can be a dick
1: yeah (laughs) when he's uh prodded yes poked at
0: probably not the easiest this ted is probably not the easiest one to be in a relationship with so let's hope he gets this all worked out
1: yeah we'll see
0: and then i also just have that he for someone with such a high emotional intelligence he is terrified of his own feelings yeah which we kind of brought up earlier
1: yeah which we'll find out later
0: and then a parallel is something we learned about rebecca she wants a relationship more than anything but is just terrified of relationships
1: yeah well her last one wasn't Great. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. And no. And
1: not by any. Probably her fault. But so
0: she was married for what? Twelve years. She probably got married Is early. That what it 30s. was? Twelve years. Yeah, I think wow. so. I think she says at some point it was twelve years. Yeah, I
1: think I remember that.
0: So I think that she plays this the same age as Hannah Waddingham. So I think she's like 46 47 here. So she was early thirties when she got with Rupert. And so that was a long time to be in that relationship and now true. be trying to restart. And we know that she wanted children, that didn't happen. So I think her, she just wants someone to share her life with. But I think she just doesn't know how to go about finding that person and she is terrified of anything that has to do with real emotions as well. I didn't really have anything for what Rebecca learned.
1: The only thing I noticed is... Uh... Higgins offers her n- no good advice <laughs> and actually is a little brutally honest and she doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to hear it.
0: Yes, That's but, what
1: we learn is that she doesn't like Higgins' yeah. advice.
0: But maybe, and like we s- said earlier, it's, she needs to hear it. So maybe she is learning from Higgins telling her that she's just too scared yeah. to really see what's out there because she thinks that she's built this person up in her head.
1: And it doesn't have to do with anything, but we learn that Higgins smokes a pipe.
0: Yes, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And jazz scats.
1: He does. He's good at jazz scatting, which doesn't surprise me because he plays a stand-up (laughs) case.
0: And then for what Ted learned, I just put that the truth will set you free, but at first it will piss you off. That's right. And he he did learn it. Yeah. And he is pretty pissed off at this point. So for them being any more aware of each other, Mm. no, they barely even saw each other in this episode. I mean again we don't know what happened with the voicemail if it was ever talked about or if that's like a little bit of tension between them at this point they really don't share a lot of screen time for the rest of this season
1: yeah that's a good point
0: it is very different than the first season like i don't even know i think we do get like a couple of biscuits and stuff biscuits with the boss but it's there's either other people there or they're just not bonding like we saw them bond in the first season all right. Well, you can reach us at Ted Becca podcast on Twitter, or go to Anchor.fm slash Ted Becca pa- podcast, and beep, there you—I <laughs> was, I was just
2: getting—you
0: can leave us a voice message. And the next episode we're going to cover is Man City, and this is where shit's really really going to yeah, start. Good to stuff. go down. Yes, that episode is um, forty-five minutes of. Darkness and sadness, yeah, it is, <laughs> but also very good. Um, and then we are not going to cover Beard After Hours, so we're going to go from Man City straight to um, No Weddings and a Funeral because it just doesn't really make sense to cover the Beard episode. Although, I want to rewatch that Beard episode completely separate from this, okay? Not for the podcast, but just right. for us because I think at the time I didn't really appreciate it as much because I was like, I just want to find out what happens next.
1: Right would, now that you know. Yeah, now yeah. I would like to just sit yeah. down
0: with that episode and watch it just without any expectations of being angry that I'm not able to see what the rest of the storyline is. All right, well that's all. So we'll we right. talk to you next week. Bye, thank you.
1: All right, bye.